0: what's going on guys it's omar from progk and inside the 18. the episode you guys are about to hear is with orlando city goalkeeper greg ranjitsing uh, greg is a former division one goalkeeper and two-time usl champion with louisville city fc throughout our conversation with greg we discussed his career thus far and all the life lessons that the game of soccer and especially the goalkeeping position has taught him you know whether you're a parent or a goalkeeper listening to this episode one thing that greg touches on a few times is the role and attitude of a backup goalkeeper Greg had to wait for his opportunity at Louisville, but was ready when it came. He is now in a similar position with Orlando City, but hear how his approach and preparation has never wavered. Super excited for you guys to hear this one. Once again, guys, this is Greg Jitsing of Orlando City. Enjoy.
1: Welcome back to Inside the 18 live from MLS All-Star Week here in lovely Orlando, Florida. I'm Michael Magid, with me is Omar Zini, and with us is Greg Ranjinsing of the Orlando City Soccer Club. Uh, This is awesome, actually, because we're finally getting to follow up with Greg. Uh, We actually talked to Greg last year uh, when he was playing in USL, when you were playing over in Louisville, and uh, man, a lot of things have happened since then, haven't they?
2: Yeah, a lot has changed, a lot has changed. Obviously, after that, I think it was after it was the USL Cup. Yeah. We had a little interview there. And then I think at that time, I knew something was in the works for me to make the move to MLS. Yeah. But I kind of kept it in the just because I didn't, I didn't know what the, the future was going to hold. And then everything ended up working out. And now here in Orlando, all-star weekend with you two. For sure, yeah, man. That's nice.
0: Yeah, but you've been starting a few, few games this season. Mm-hmm. How's that all been for you? And you know, obviously coming from the USL and then now you're in the uh, the MLS and and things you said we're talking about like Atlanta, 70,000 fans. How has that transition been for you?
2: That's been great. I think I had a good amount of time before I got my first game as well. I think uh, my first game was away at Seattle, so another big atmosphere. And I think I had at least like three months into the season where I was just training and uh, Brian Rose. Uh, as our as our starter and I got to kind of learn from him and see what the he does in games and obviously he's been a good uh, you know kind of role model to like kind of tell me how it is at this level because he's been a, he's been a veteran he's been in the league for a long time so I think going into that game I was I was pretty confident and kind of knew what I had to do the coaching staff had told me you know areas that they, they may try and exploit so I was well prepared for it and then you know finally when it came down to the game it was like okay Seattle away. You know a lot of fans but once i got on the pitch it was kind of like the nerves went away There yeah. was not really any type of nervousness so i think you know i had a lot of preparation leading up into it and everything everything went well
0: i think every yeah, i think everything that's that you've done up until this point i mean you won two titles with uh with louisville yeah. i think uh you know obviously playing at high level division one as well so i mean everything to that point has kind of gotten you ready for this moment so i i for me at least when i see somebody step into the first game of course i have nerves for them but at the same time so you've been you've been at this for a long time so i think uh, you were re- you are ready, uh, yeah, ready for uh, that. I was
1: ready. I yeah. was uh, waiting for it. Waiting <laughs> for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about about the fact that like now. I mean, the transition, like, moving not just into MLS, but, like, a new, new city, basically, okay? Uh, Orlando. Like, what's that kind of been like for you, like, in regards to not just from, like, just the soccer side, but just, like, living in Orlando? Like you said, you chose to move into downtown, right? Because yeah. you wanted to kind of be, like, near everything, like, near the stadium, like, the atmosphere. Like, what's that all been like?
2: Yeah, it's been great. I think especially I'm kind of – I'm really fortunate, actually, to move to a city like Orlando. I think that it's a, it's a town that – or a city that really loves football, and you can tell that when we go to the stadium. And tonight you're gonna see that the All Star game, the, the atmosphere that we're gonna get. The city loves football, so even fortunate. when it's like
1: ninety four percent humidity, like yeah. they're still out there. They're That's out great.
2: there like in Florida has crazy storms too and you're getting lightning and rain delays and they're still out there Dude, after the rain delays.
1: It's been unreal. Like we've literally we didn't know what to expect. Like we would like it'd be like ninety four degrees, we would get out of the car and all of a sudden start pouring rain and we're like we're just wearing shorts, sleeve shirt and the shorts. Yeah. Like, how do you prepare for that?
2: Yeah, that's Florida for you. There's there's <laughs> no preparation no matter how long you've been here. I've only been here for a year, but everyone who's grown up here and, you know, like Benji and Santi, who are guys who are native of Florida on our team, they told me, like, there's no, this is Florida. You get storms, you get whatever. So do you wear, know, like, random. a
1: backpack with, like, 17? Yeah, you got to have, yeah. <laughs> in the
2: back of your car, you got to have, like, a Florida survival kit, which just has, like, every type of clothing because yeah. you never know what, what to expect. I remember just driving to the training
1: facility here. I was like, just, like, a huge puddle. I'm like, I am like i don't know if our car can go through this. Yeah. Like, we were trying to drive through, and I thought it was, like, one of those commercials where it says, like, the truck. Like, D- please do not attempt this at home. Yeah. Like, that's what it looked like. No, but
0: it's pretty funny, though, because, like, you'll see, even in Premier League games, uh, sunshine, all good. And then all of a sudden, you just see a downpour of rain. Yeah. And it's, like, crazy, because I always think, damn, like, even, even in Los Angeles, you never really have... Uh, gloves that uh, like I remember cells sold gloves that were like water resistant, yeah, not yeah, water resistant, I, but like were good for the water. I and I was just like, collapse. yeah, you know I was like, yeah. wait, why would I need this in Los Angeles? We never really have this. And I bought them, and I was like, this is, is there's no use for these. Mm-hmm. They're better when wet. I don't need this. I have to keep drenching them. Yeah. And then now I keep realizing that, like you know, California, we are living in this bubble of, of weather that yeah. uh, <laughs> isn't very, uh, it's very nice for us, but you know, obviously for you guys, you had to deal with that. So like yeah. in training, sometimes it just starts pouring, and you have to kind of get used yeah, to that as a goalkeeper,
2: especially in the morning time. We we train like in the morning so you get that like mildew on the grass (laughs) because it's just so humid so it's always going to be wet and then sometimes you just get like if the training schedule changed like during the day it's extremely hot so it's just like a totally different environment (laughs) and then next thing you know like 20 minutes into training it's a downpour so you kind of just, like... Roll with the you, punches. Yeah. You, you have this a pair of gloves that, you know, <laughs> you like, and uh, you just got to go with it. It's what, just You never know.
0: One thing I want to ask you, though, in terms of wet surface or wind, which one would you prefer as a goalkeeper wet w- to surface, Wet surface. Wet yeah. surface,
2: 100%. Unreal. Yeah, wet surface, 100%. The wind is just... There's just no telling with the wind. <laughs> I think with the wet, like... I, I think it's... In Florida, when we're training in the morning, I'm so used to it's the ball being wet all the time, and yeah. be in, especially at the stadium, they wet the turf and all that stuff. So I, I just much rather wet than a windy, gotcha. windy game. Yeah.
1: So it's like everything become like a skip throw, basically, like because it's so wet. And yeah. Like with the, with ball, like the the pace of the ball stuff. moves quicker,
2: yeah. like especially in training when guys are finishing, everything's so much quicker. So you get you get used to it, and I think. Yeah, it's just Does that help pace. your handling at all? Yeah, 100. Okay. percent Because if you can hold it when it's super wet and yeah, the ball yeah. is moving extremely quick on 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 the on the surface, then you know when you go to a dry game or like on turf where the ball doesn't move as quickly, you know I think you can see it much better. So, so. so, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, what about like wet turf? Like, do you do you hate <laughs> wet turf? Because
1: I can't stand wet turf. Well, it personally.
2: depends. It depends on the turf too. Because yeah. you know you've got like that some. Facilities have that new turf like that. I think it's called 4G. Are you talking about the ones with like the sand or whatever? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like That turf is decent. It's okay. I, obviously, I'd much rather real grass, but there's some turfs that are okay. And then, you know, some turfs that you know, are much older. Yeah. And, you never know. What one of some of the old high school ones. Yeah, yeah dude, you, never, like, like you never. Some of those like old like, men's leagues, like <laughs> turfs,
1: like yeah. have been beat up by like over and over. You again used, to them like the pellets are literally like in your eyes, yeah. and, like, in your stomach. Yeah. Those are the worst. Dude.
0: Uh, so one thing, I mean, I, I personally just want to ask you in terms of you know every, everybody has a story coming up from you know obviously college where. You're the, you know, the number one starter. You had almost 80 periods, 80 appearances, and then from there you try and make it. You know, with Louisville City, and you're the backup goalkeeper for a little bit, and then you know Scott decides to go and you know explore Harvard Medical School yeah. and do his own thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I thought Crazy. about that. Like, how freaky would they have been if you just decided like, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna go. I'm just going to go to
2: med school, school Yeah, Harvard med school, too. <laughs> How <laughs> unreal. Is he that just, was, like, a crazy smart dude? or like Yeah, he was always, like, super intelligent, like, stand-up guy. He's He, he was class. So when, when we heard, like, oh, Scott's going to Harvard, <laughs> we weren't really surprised. It just so like, I was like, just, that guy's, yeah. And it was just, like, just
1: to did just kind of come out of nowhere? Or, like, did you kind of have, like, a feeling, like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be taking over right now because I think this guy's I mean, going to be stepping away.
2: I wasn't really supposed to know, but obviously – you know, a goalkeeper coach kind of let me in on it just yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knew I was prepared. But he, most of the team didn't know. And it was after, I think, because he, he got a red card in one of the games and I stepped in. And then it was kind of like the perfect moment because it was like right as he was leading up, right leading up to his uh, departure. And um, James O'Connor, who's our coach at Louisville, he uh, just put me into, like when Scott was available again, he kept me in the game. And then that's when um, Scott came out and told the team. So uh, a lot of the guys were surprised, but I kind of knew and was prepping myself that okay, the start was starting it, like, job a, wait, might was be it like a
1: big moment? Like did he like sit
2: everybody down? Yeah, yeah, be, like, he sat everyone down. It was away in Toronto. And did everyone was... like have know what it was, or did they? They're like, dude, yeah, I don't know everyone what everyone this was... could be. This sounds like it could be serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually wasn't at the hotel. Okay. Because um, obviously in Toronto, my family was there, so yeah, I yeah. went. I went off with them, but uh, yeah, like he called me after. He was like, hey, listen, like. He thought he was surprising he was like ah oh, man i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no yeah. but then when it's so I mean, I think when it comes to goalkeeping, again, everyone has
0: that story of kind of being the number one, and I think it's just a fluctuation where it starts off, you're the number one, and then all of a sudden, you go into the next chapter of your life in terms of a career, then you go to Louisville City, you're the number two, you're waiting for your opportunity, then you get the opportunity, you win two two USL championships, and then from there, you want to test, obviously, the next level, and then you come to Orlando City, and you've been battling it out with Brian Rowe. So, can you just take us through just kind of like the fluctuation period because you know everyone internalizes it differently as a goalkeeper so for you how has that been where you're kind of breaking
2: into the new ceiling every single year yeah I think like I think throughout my whole entire life it I've always kind of had like the same mindset where like i want to be the best like no matter what it is because growing up i wasn't the most talented keeper um oh so you like me okay <laughs> i didn't even play for like one of the better teams growing up i played for the b team actually when i was like in 12 13 it's only until like i got into high school i had a friend who played for a really good team uh named sigma sigma fc it's an academy in uh, toronto a lot of players have come out of richie larrea kyle and just to name a few wow. who like make it to the, the pros and like, I went with them, and then they kind of, like, tailored, like, the way I, you know, my work ethic and kind of gave me the right mentality moving forward. And I just kind of kept that, like, okay, I'm trying to be the best no matter what it is. Like, even if, you know, there's a guy who is in the same position as me, goalkeeping, and, you know, he may be better than me. He may be the first choice. I can – don't use that as, like, a, okay, I'm not playing. Use that as, like, a, okay, I can learn from him. Yeah. And um, we can and learn from each other and then try and, obviously – you know get to the point where okay yeah now I'm the starter so throughout college I was fortunate enough to play most of my games and when I went to Louisville City like you said I was under Scott but I learned so much from Scott and I just used that to um like in my training like I learned from him and you know obviously work hard on the side like when I wasn't playing and stuff like that and then finally when I got my chance I was ready for it because I've been prepping myself this whole entire time and right now especially like the make you make the jump to MLS and you know, it's a whole it's a whole different level from from USL. You know, you've got guys who've playing internationally. You've got guys like Nani training yeah. with you yeah. now. All of a sudden, we, we met him yesterday. Yeah. Like we, did, we sh- yeah. shook
1: his hand and we're like, yeah. dude, this is this is
2: crazy. Nani, is just hanging out right here. Yeah. Like this is this is re- unreal. Yeah. So I mean, it's all a process. So you take that. So obviously, playing at a higher level, you just gotta, you know, enjoy every day and learn from every aspect. Take everything in and you know, to stay on process. Like right now, obviously, I'm not playing. So I need to stay on point, not get upset about it, learn from Brian, be in the weight room, do my extra work with uh, Tabani, who's our goalkeeper coach, Uh and stay because. Like a, like it happened in Louisville, there may be a time when I get my chance and I and I have to run with it. So it's just all prepping, prepping, prepping. So Absolutely. Greg, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about Tabani. What, what's his style like as as a goalkeeper coach, I and mean, what are the sessions kind of yeah. like? Tabani, Tabani's the man. He's uh he's a huge figure in my career. Obviously, he was uh, my goalkeeper coach four years in Louisville. Now we joined back up in Orlando, and you know he's just a class guy. He's super super intelligent. Knows football like this guy can name every single World Cup final from the like the time the world That's cup awesome. started like he's a like, crazy intelligent when it comes to wow. football so not just only goalkeeping but his style is he's he's really awesome so i think that for him he really analyzes the keepers that he has you know what i mean yeah. so for us like he'll know what would like, he'll obviously do his research on the other team and he'll know like what type of style that we have and he'll tailor the training session to that. So, in the beginning of the week, like he'll obviously you know push it a bit, get our fitness uh, going, and all that stuff. And then when it comes to Thursday, Friday, he's done research on areas where maybe they like to cross back posts, maybe their striker runs from posts. And yeah, so he tailors everything, he's super intelligent in doing that. And um, yeah, he just kind of tailors it to Thursday, Friday, game realistic. Thir- and uh, the beginning of the week is more fitness, handling just kind of a, a wide range of th- and, and he'll read like what we need to work on maybe one week uh, he thinks that you know the reactions are a little slower one week he, th- he maybe in the game you know, he saw that our crossing, the footwork, or the re- the way we read it wasn't right, and we work on that that week. That's it, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, you know, I find that a lot of times when you see a goalkeeper coach whose progressions don't make any sense, it, it, it's it's tough as a goalkeeper because you go, well, well, how is this supposed to help me in the game if the progressions don't make sense to getting me ready for actually playing in the game? And it sounds like he's breaking down every little thing that took place, the mistakes, the positive things, and then going, you know, okay, so now let's put the sessions together to improve upon that type of thing.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. super intelligent. Everything, Everything's a process okay. for him, so it's been great working with him. for my fifth year with him. I'm loving it, and he's also a really good friend with me, too, so we can text about anything, send each other little Instagram videos and stuff. He's really, <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an that awesome guy. That must have guy. made the transition to Orlando much easier for you. Yeah, much easier, because I knew the whole staff. You know, Daniel Bird, James O'Connor, uh, Tabani, obviously, so, you know, they already knew what they expected from me. I knew what the, um, the like they they wanted me to do, and so it was an easy transition. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that you know
1: you said that you haven't always been the number one, and so a lot of goalkeepers, especially younger goalkeepers who are elite goalkeepers, they've always been the number one, and then until they get to the professional level, now they start having to to challenge people, and uh, and it's difficult for them. Do you feel the fact that you've 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 had to make that? that kind of that that whole kind of climb your whole life and have not always been handed everything has made it easier for
2: you to to understand the role of a backup that's the favorite part about my career that i went through like a small college went to usl i'm i'm very grateful that that's what i went through because now that i now i kind of see like i'm every i don't take every day for granted i come in and like i'm super grateful to be playing for orlando city in the mls yeah so definitely um like I said, like there's another goalkeeper, uh, Adam with Same yeah. process. So you kind of see that, like we know what it's like to be, you know, in the USL. Not great travel. Not great facilities. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's a little bit of a grind. And then when you he was come a grinder here, for what, like. Yeah, like same six, as me. We, years, we came like, out yeah. the same, same time. Kind of a similar process to me and him. So it's it's nice to have him to relate to as well. So you kind of definitely don't take any, like days for granted here.
0: Yeah, I think most of the most of the big goalkeepers, especially here in the MLS were guys who, you know, worked hard and, and had to kind of be battle-tested mm-hmm. over the years. We even talk about, like, Pat Onstad, Like, he was ready to quit, and then all of a sudden he got an opportunity. He was ready to take it. He prolonged his career, and was. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, he, arguably. I actually saw him last night at the party, which yeah. I was like, no <laughs> one knows who you are. Did but you, I, did you try, <laughs> try to go talk to him? Uh, No, we were playing pool, so okay, I completely... Yeah. I was like, in the zone, so we, we I, were I way did too in, too busy. way step away. By the way, I'm Canadian still legend, pretty, like yeah, Canadian I'm Canadian Canadian pretty sure. So
1: we were playing with some some of the MLS producers, and pretty sure one of them... Was literally like a pool hustler because yeah, she just no, she hit this ridiculous <laughs> shot, like at the very end, and we're like, "You could have done this the whole time." And she walked off, and it was and like oh, she yeah. just walked, walked out. We're home like, run. <laughs> "And we're like, were you? Was that lucky or like is that just?" And she's uh. like, "I'm gonna leave it a mystery." And
0: Just take off. Uh, no, but and that's that's the th- that's the crazy part about it is you know our, uh, we have a mutual friend, Tark Murad. Like that that guy's been going from place to place to yes. place, trying to prove himself. Yeah. And he's a winner, and everything. So it's just unfortunate sometimes things aren't fair. And one thing I want to kind of pick your brain on in, in terms of kind of like there have been so many goalkeepers who have gotten to the point that you are, and they've been kind of like you know what this is too much for me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just gonna like step away. And I feel like had they just pushed a little bit further, and it's, hard, it's tough for me because I can't have too much empathy for it because I've never been in the situation before. So I wanted to ask you for you, like we asked a bunch of keepers as well It's like for the younger goalkeepers who may be in the situation where they can either quit or try and push further but don't know where the next step is going to be. Do you have any advice for them that uh, maybe gets them to the next step that they will have that opportunity and will
2: be able to, to shine? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you have to you have to love what you're doing. I absolutely love this. Like I come into work every day and it's like, wow, I'm really in Orlando right now in the MLS and I get to goal keep and they're gonna pay me for it. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's amazing. I love I absolutely love this job. Um, another thing, like for me, like I was in the USL for four years. Every year I was like, hey. Am I going to play this year? Okay, I started playing. Okay, now what's next? Like, am I going to make the move? I'm going to make the move? I'm an international. It's going to be tough for me to get there. Like, I was always thinking, but you can't keep those things. Like, you have to look at them from an optimistic standpoint. Use them as, like, okay, I'm going to, like, prove to everyone, yeah, you like, I may be international, but I'm going to make sure I'm good enough that, like, okay, yeah, we'll take this guy. Gotcha, so yeah. it's kind of like use all the things that are doubting you to motivate you and, like, look at things from an optimistic standpoint. And, you, and like I said, you, you got to love it. If you love it, you're going you're gonna to go and attain yeah. it because this is what you want to do. Your career is only – like, for a goalkeeper, obviously, it's a little bit longer, but still, it, it happens so quick. Like, I'm already tw- – I turned 26 a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, wow. man – I'm getting old. (laughs) I think that's old, you know. There's only a certain amount of time. I want to be 26.
0: But it is. It's like a forced perspective. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to, like deep down, understand like why you're doing something. I think a lot of people get lost in it because it's like you know, like you said, Mike. Mike said it as well. It's like if it didn't come easy for you, then you've had to fight, fight, fight. And then when you're throwing a new challenge, it's so easy for you to kind of you're like, okay, let's do it again. It's it's the same process that I've already been implementing into my life. So this is this this is not gonna this won't stop me in a sense.
1: You brought up the whole thing about the, being international. Um, we talked to Kaylin Sheridan from Sky Blue, who's also you know from Canada, and she said you know how difficult it was in regards to even being a high-level goalkeeper to get looked at by American schools. You know that that was a really a tough process. So how did you end up at Mercer? Was that like was that a tough thing for you to get seen by an American school were you thinking about going to a Canadian's
2: college yeah like- it was crazy for me i didn't get recruited to mercer until june wait yeah a j- month before preseason are started you yeah it was like yeah it was uh, yeah it was june it was uh so basically there wasn't really many schools coming to Toronto um I did actually I was speaking to UConn at one point and then they got Andre Blake so yeah. I can't be mad <laughs> can't be mad at that uh, amazing goalkeeper but uh after that because it came to a winter showcase after that I was talking to absolutely no schools and I was kind of worried like what was I going to do so I was actually going to take another year in prep school and uh in the states it was uh uh, Kent, South Kent, or something like that. In oh, dude,
1: th- they're like a powerhouse in like basketball and stuff, y- aren't they? Yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah.
2: I was actually gonna go there. I was talking to the the coach there, and I was like, "Okay, hey, I'm I'm not getting any college offers, so I'm gonna take another year because I want I want to go go through that process yeah. in college soccer." And then all of a sudden, Coach Russo from Mercer, I don't even know how he saw me. I don't know where he found me from, but um, I'm very grateful that he did because I had four amazing years there, and it really prepped me for where I am now. So that's kind of how it happened. It kind of just happened out of the blue. <laughs> just, I just waited, waited, and then the opportunity, opportunity came. I, maybe it wasn't going to come, but you just got yeah. to st- stay on course. And then there, there it was. Well, for you in those four
0: years, what's something you feel like really helped you out to get to this point? Obviously, maturity aspect and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But are there any like pieces of uh, uh, just not information, just the kind of advice that you've yeah. learned from that you can kind of pass on?
2: Yeah, Mercer, I think, helped me off the field massively it was obviously growing up in toronto very diverse you know city and um uh, my parents are um, caribbean so i was around you know a lot of caribbean people and just a lot of diversity and when i went to mercer it's in it's in the south you know not much diversity it's just kind of you know, completely different to Toronto. So massive culture shock for me. Uh, I was maybe one of two internationals on the team, so it was a little tough getting integrated. And, you know, the guys were nice on the team, but I think I struggled. I struggled so much, like not on the field, but struggled off the field with classes and stuff like that, just because I wasn't happy off the field. It took me two years to finally realize, like, okay, I really love soccer. I'm doing well on the field, but I don't get this unless... I do off the field like the schooling and all that stuff because my GPA was dropping and, you know, I was near to ineligibility. So I had to realize that, yeah, soccer is my love. I'm going to do whatever I can to to keep doing this and, and get to the next level. And in college, school is one of those things. So I had to uh, buckle down, you know, even if I didn't like where I was in, you know, small town Macon, Georgia. Not not the greatest town, but I was just like, suck it up and, you know, enjoy it. Find things that, you know, will make you happy. You know, hang out with your friends or just find things that, you know, will push you forward and get you to the, the soccer part. If you don't get the off the field part, you don't get to do the soccer yeah. so i had to really you know buckle down and focus on that aspect so it helped it helped me
1: I, it's so funny because uh because kaylin she went to clemson which is also in the south so i feel like there's like this like secret document in like all the southern universities of like <laughs> you know like 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 Dakota. under the radar like collegiate like canadian prospects yeah. that like you need to look at yeah. um because that's a that's a that's just a crazy transition um obviously being an international it means that they, they really have to invest a lot into you so at such a late moment, that must have meant a lot to you. The fact that, like, you know, they needed a goalkeeper that soon and that they were willing to invest that kind of money into you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I was super grateful for it. You know, obviously going in as a freshman, I didn't know what to expect, but – they believed in me and like i meant the world to me and i think through through my four years you know having i played every single game my four years and just knowing that the coaching staff believed in me that much made me want to push even more and now that i'm in the pros not many i think there's one other guy who's left mercer his name is wilbur grew he's playing actually playing for orlando city b and we're oh, wow. and and another guy named connor Anley who's playing for tormenta which are both in the usl league one i'm pretty sure yeah and so it's just it's just us us three you know so i'm super proud of where i came from i came from mercy you know and you know i just want to put them on the map because they believed in me they took a chance on me so i want to give back and you know help the program like yeah this can be a path to pro and hopefully the program keeps building you know they've been in the tournament I'm pretty sure every year wow. now since I've since I've left, so it's growing and growing, and it's just it's great that you know they believed in me at first, and now I can give back being at this level and kind of be, uh, you know, a guide to guys that are coming up. Like yeah, this, this you can get there. Yeah, yeah.
0: point of reference. I think uh, for uh, so off the field, you had obviously school and stuff like that, it really developed you and, and just kind of uh, your habits and maturity. But on the field, in terms of goalkeeping. What do you feel like um, has been the biggest transition period for you in terms of is it physical or is it technical, tactical, all three? So anything that you've noticed that you've had to improve on and did college prepare you well for uh, for pros?
2: I think for me, college prepared me really well physically. I think I came in, I was like, I, I was a late bloomer, I was like, five four in high school oh, wow. like yeah up until grade 10 and then all of a sudden i just i sprout like my math teacher told me like measured our wingspan one day he's like come back to me when you're in grade 11 and you're gonna be like six feet and then all of a sudden i started growing i was like five eleven by the time i was in grade 12 and then when i got to college then i would go six foot six foot one six oh foot my two God. yeah so i hate <laughs> you because i was that five four guy and i just kind of yeah.
1: they're like they're like dude you're gonna get about six foot i'm like and i'm about, five, five, and yeah. about five, six, and about five seven and i'm like <laughs> Am I getting any closer? They're like, they're like, maybe another inch, I'm about 5'8". <laughs> yeah. And then I got another quarter inch And there. Yeah. There we yeah.
0: go. Mike actually was at 6'3 and he went backwards. So he I went did, I like did. six I, three. I, I, <laughs> went, I went backwards, 6'2", 6'3 well, you know, the funny
1: one. story is, Greg, I don't know if you know this, but Omar uh was actually six nine when he was eight years old. Yeah, I was and actually uh, six feet. I was like, I was very tall. <laughs> he was like, huge. I, yeah. play, I play I played
0: basketball a lot, so I was yeah. like looking forward to it. You know Yao Ming was huge back in the day too, yeah. and like the Kobe Bryant and all Wait, did you look up to Yao Ming? I thought I was gonna be that tall. Like I legitimately thought. I
1: understood like that's actually detrimental for. A so yeah. you were six tall.
2: foot really young really
0: young so if and you look at were, all my young pictures yeah. man i'm literally just like dude they're all mass- like, yeah, m- massive.
2: Yeah. i was the opposite i was tiny I was super tiny well from
0: there like so you got to college and like you obviously developed into your body kind of like anthony davis he's like six four point guard and then he grew to like six yeah. eleven yeah. but yeah so from there your yeah body so matured uh,
2: and yeah i, I got in, i got in there and like my first time in a weight room for real like they college yeah first time in a weight room really? yeah okay. and like we did some testing and like they were doing bench, and I'm like, man, I don't even know if I can bench the bar. <laughs> they, I was like, underneath the bar, I'm like, I hope I can push this thing. <laughs> and, you know, it just kind of built from there. And, like, my school where, you know, we were not the greatest program, so we relied heavily on, like, athletes. So we were in the gym a lot, and, like, it just built my athleticism so much. And, obviously, you know, moving to the pros now. I think I had all the physical attributes. I, I I felt athletic and fast and strong. I just need to build the technical aspect. And I think especially here, not now that I'm in MLS now, I think technical aspect of the game is so important. Reading the game is so important. So I'm still developing in those areas, like knowing when to play there at the right time, you know what yeah. I mean, where the spaces are, um, just technical ability playing out the back and stuff like that those are things you build on i think i have the physical aspect it wasn't in a hard transition for me from that standpoint but now that you know you're getting older and you're playing at a higher level the technical aspect is so important so even with goalkeeping just catching and holding things like the ball is moving so much quicker at you you need to be able to hold it and no rebounds and be able to distribute perfectly and yeah just developing that side of the game now. Well, Absolutely. I mean, dealing without dealing with
1: the like the the dewy mild uh, what it's called mildew dew. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's called <laughs> but like but like dealing with that like obviously that's going to help you in like making sure you don't give up spills and all that stuff because if you can handle like this, you're going to be like you said the dry dry situations outside of the speed of play and uh, and the service like you said reading the game was really the the most is kind of like the biggest next evolution uh, in regards to the MLS game. Like, was it you were able to get away sometimes just your athleticism in the USL and you can't do that in, in the MLS? Or, I or think you always feel like you've been a student of the game?
2: Yeah, no, I've always been. I've, okay. I'm, I've always trained really hard and I've always tried to work on my technical aspect. I think just here in the MLS, you have to pay attention to a little bit more. Like, uh, my most recent game that I got to play in was like an, away at Portland. Away at Portland, you know. I know we got excited about that. We saw you yeah. on the. We saw you on the shit. We we're like, yeah, Greg's yeah. playing. Yeah. So crazy atmosphere, obviously. Yeah. So you need to know, as a goalkeeper, you have the opportunity to take the air out of the game. Yeah. So that's managing the game and away, obviously. just it's tough sometimes you know they're going to have a lot of the ball and they're going to be coming at you coming at you coming at you and we're going to be defending 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 so when you get a chance when you catch a cross or goal kick or just knowing where to play to like not to play short at certain times because we're under pressure just taking the air out of the game so just understanding certain moments you need to do certain things yeah then like like i said like if you catch a cross you know like we've been defending you hold on to it or if you see like an opening down the field and we can get a quick counter and then you play it. But it's just choosing the the right option. Is it do we play quick or do we, you know, hold on to it and relax? Tactical words. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. just knowing the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's one of the, I think that's something that I'll show you all the kids who are not being able to see this camera right now <laughs> because it just you turned go, it off you go, you right go, go. now. Uh, need to hear is that, you know, that is the really what goalkeeping is about is that, Reading the game and really identifying how to stop a play from happening, rather than reacting to a play type of a thing. Because if you can be, if you can be a precautionary goalkeeper rather than a reactionary goalkeeper, you're going to be in a better situation overall, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, I want to talk about the fact that um, you're now training, you know, with the MLS side. Uh, do you feel that? not getting the reps is, is is detrimental to you? Or do you think just the fact that you're training in MLS is actually continuing your development in a certain way? Or is it a little different?
2: I think there's a, there's a you got to find the healthy medium to it, obviously. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that derogatory yeah. way by any way, yeah. by the way. So. No, no, no. Because um, I'm scared of you because you're way bigger <laughs> than me. So. No, I think uh, I played, obviously, four years in Louisville, and I got a lot of games. Yeah. And um, my first year there, I got no games. But now it's kind of like, I feel like it's the same process. My first year in MLS, I'm not getting any games. And um, next year, obviously well, you hopefully- did get that portland game. yeah yeah, 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 get, there, yeah, yeah. i'm getting here and there yeah. but it, like i said it's like finding the healthy medium sometimes you see a lot of the, a lot of times keepers go on alone if they're not getting play or you know especially with young keepers they have like the the, the usl team that's affiliated with them so they'll be able to get games and you know i think at a, a a young age and my pros i was able to get a lot of games so that really helped my development now i'm 26 i've played this is my fifth year pro so i understand what it's like to get into a game you know i have a decent amount of i have i want to say 90, 90 games or more professional at the professional level underneath me so i have the experience i've gotten my games as a uh, as a, a young professional so now it's about you know, when you get your opportunity now to take it, because yeah. I feel like I have the experience, maybe not so much experience at the MLS level, which, you know, I'm learning as, you know, maybe I'm on the bench and watching just watching Brian Rowan, the way he deals with things in training as well. I think in training, mostly it's just understanding the pace of how players are playing. But uh, I think, you know, in terms of like getting games, I think I've, I've gotten a lot of games. Uh, as a young pro so the experience is there it's just now once you get in now you got to take your opportunity
0: yeah it's it's a special skill for anybody who's like just in terms of patience it's, like, very, very difficult. And A I lot think of
1: young goalkeepers have issues with that. Yeah. They really, they all think that they should be the number one. And let, let's talk about college goalkeepers, for instance. Yeah. Like, you know, they, then they're not willing to be patient. Freshmen come in, and they just think they should just ta- get the number one spot. I think Omar thought he was going to get the number one spot, right? No, or. I
0: did. I, did. <laughs> I mean, I walked in, and life it, it humbles you. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, either you humble yourself or you're going to be humbled. And those are the life lessons that I felt like I really learned in college. And I think that's where, I mean, I was very fortunate where some injuries happened and I was able to step in. And I, I obviously took my opportunity and I rolled with it and I stayed with it. But I think that's the biggest thing that really turns my stomach around when I when I think about playing professionally, is what I have had the stomach to sit there and wait for my opportunity. Because I know certain habits can kind of creep back in and those, those kind of like uh, – those whispers in your head of like, yo, go out, you're not going to play tomorrow, go do this, go do that. So for you, how have you been able to kind of keep your, I read a quote once that said, uh, you know, how can I remain the number one? It's like train, eat, uh, lift everything as if you're the number two. So how have you been able to kind of maintain that perspective of optimism and just kind of keep yourself
2: rolling? Yeah, I think, first of all, like like I said, I don't take any grief for granted that I'm so happy to be here, so I want to stay here. So you're not going to stay here if you have- good attitude sorry no you're good <laughs> yeah. oh, you're good you're good you're, if good, you have good. A, you're good yeah if you have Schmeichel a, attitude if you got a Schmeichel
1: a, attitude yeah, that's always what we do, we do. when you swear like we yeah. always just do a Schmeichel yeah yeah uh because the cooligans were on the on the show and they swear mm. well one of them swears yeah. literally every <laughs> 30 seconds yeah. so we had to start that so.
2: yeah yeah so you're not going to be here if you have a bad attitude you're not helping helping the team out, especially here we we're trying to build a culture where it's like you hear a lot our, our coach saying James he's saying next man up so In order to have that next man up mentality, you need to support your teammates. And if you're not on the field supporting your teammates, even if you're not playing, then you're not right for this environment and you're going to be gone. So I'm trying to prolong my career in the MLS as long as possible. So I need to do everything in every aspect, not only from a playing standpoint, though I need to be good on the field, but I need to help my teammates and be a good person in the locker room as well. So just doing, doing everything. So... It, it, it's it's like if you're not playing then you need to do the other so the other um the other thing which is help your teammate and yeah. be you know be good in the locker room so ways you can impact yeah, yeah you can uh, impact other than yeah. being on the field yeah there's yeah. there's so many elements that going to, going into you know being a professional it's not just how much talent you have there's, it's professionalism it's you know being on time it's being a good teammate it's helping guys on the field you know it it yeah. is just so much that goes into it yeah. i feel like that actually you know i mean i don't,
1: Using myself as an example, I, I'm not the greatest goalkeeper in the world, but I, mean, I, I played at a decent level and everything like that. But basically is that if you are a good teammate, if you work really hard and you're a leader out there and you set a good example for everybody, regardless of whether you're playing or not playing, you have a better chance of sticking around a program, whether it's college, professional, youth Program because people want you around because they know that you're giving your best and you have the best intentions. You're there for the club. You're not there for yourself. Yeah,
2: you're making everyone around you better. Yeah. And what what coach doesn't want that in the locker room? Someone who gets everyone going. Like, because a lot of times, like the most successful teams aren't the ones that have the best players, just the ones that have the best team and that everyone's you know a collective unit. And you need like pieces uh, like a guy in the locker room who's going to bring everyone together. It's not just a guy who can score a bunch of goals. You know, he's not going to score a bunch of goals if, you know, he doesn't have the confidence from his, the teammates around him. Yeah. So there's just so many pieces that go into it.
1: Yeah. So I, I, know you, I know we're running late here, and I know you need to get out to the field. But, like, what are the things for 2020, like, for, for the next coming season? Like, what are the things that you want to see? If you talk to, you know, Greg of next year, like, what are the things you, you want to say to him that, like, you need to improve upon? Or, you know, you need to keep continuing working on in order to get to the level that you want to get to next year?
2: For me, I think uh, obviously I just want to stay on track with what I'm doing. I'm really happy with uh, my uh, my routine, the way the the times that you know I'm in the I'm in the weight room after a training or the hard work that I'm putting in on the pitch. You know, I just want to stay on track because if I keep this mentality of. Um, you know, kind of having this chip on your shoulder understanding, you know, where I came from. Now I'm, at, I'm, now I'm at this level. Now, right now, I'm not playing and I want to get there. And eventually, if I do get the opportunity to be the number one, I still want to have that mentality where, like, I haven't made it yet. Now, like, I have to keep that same regimen, go in the gym, do your extra reps, like, continue that. So I think, Greg, of next year, I if I do get the opportunity to be the number one, just Continue this process. Like, don't ever take anything for granted. Don't think that, okay, now I'm getting games. It's. I take the, f- the my foot off the gas, you yeah. know. It's it's continuing this process no matter what. Yeah.
0: I think complacency is like is the number one thing in number terms of one, like the, yeah. the 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 things that can end any anybody's career mm-hmm. in business or in a professional environment. Yeah. and it happens quick.
2: It so does, quick. yeah. Yeah, yeah dude.
1: I mean, I don't want to see come we come next year. He's got like a leather jacket on, sunglasses. Yeah. Like, What's up, guys? I got five <laughs> minutes. Let's do this.
0: Uh, but no, I think uh, one thing you said earlier that I really like is kind of like continuously being a good influence in the, in, the, in the locker room and I read this quote one time and it was like uh, you know as, as if I'm a boss and there's somebody who comes in as young and they say hey you know I might not be here for long and it's like well do I invest all of my time as the the manager of this company to help them out and, and trying to get them to learn the business uh, but what if they leave and then the guy was like but what if they stay and if they stay what what, what you're not gonna teach them anything so for you it's kind of like if you're the backup or somebody who isn't the starter it's like well i can have one of two ways i can i can force myself to you know enjoy it be a good influence in the locker room cuz i'm i'm going to have to stay and if i don't then people are going to look at me as a cancer. People are gonna not, not going to enjoy me as a, as, a, as a player, and it's going to get around the league. So for you, I feel like that's that's the way you said it. It was just awesome that um, I feel like a lot of people need to hear that because I've been around people in college who, who aren't the starters, and they want to make it known in every training, and it's like a tangible awkwardness. Yeah, it's terrible for the team. Mm-hmm. It's terrible for the team, and people don't really vibe well with that. It looks, yeah. it looks egotistical. It looks bad. So to hear somebody in, in your – kind of from your experience say that is super important uh, for the young kids for the parents who are probably dealing with kids that are going through that stuff so thanks for saying that and I know it wasn't forced because you've actually lived through it so yeah. that's awesome and yeah, I also th-
1: th- thanks for answering these questions because I know these aren't the easiest questions but like we feel like we have a rapport with you and we can mm-hmm. like you know we can be on but we're goalkeepers like yeah. we're not the year journalists year. That are <laughs> <laughs> exactly dude like we're not here like trying to be like you know tomorrow and like in some article we're going to write like Greg mm-hmm. Jensen says blah 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 yeah. like we're all about each other and type of thing that's and what we
0: like though I think that's one thing that's like we've tried to create that culture yeah. with the people we've had on is that we don't even with Andre Blick, I think at the first few minutes when we met him of course he's looking at us like who are these two dudes sweating yeah. Yeah. profusely through yeah. their shirts <laughs> uh you know just waiting for me to wait to talk to me and then yeah. right away from the start he was like yeah we're not we're not regular media and we really want to kind of build that with our with our you know uh, people that come on the podcast with us because we were goalkeepers and we don't like we understand that the conversations we want to have um not just to benefit like our own agenda but to help everybody out there so to hear well, I'm all about myself. I'm about <laughs> <laughs> well, it's he's sponsored by Under Armour, if you can't tell by that.
1: <laughs> no, it's just because I'm losing my hair. Okay, and I, look, look at this, guys. Oh <laughs> I'm no! Nice to see that? Hopefully, okay. we lost the footage. <laughs> yeah, code yeah, yeah. There. Exactly. No, but again,
0: that's, and then that's what we really enjoy is telling those stories. That again, you're in the MLS, and then you've come from the USL, like you've done so much in your y- in your young career that a lot of kids who are going through the college system like Mike always says they don't even look at the USL as an option they th- keep thinking big picture yeah. like I want to go to the mm-hmm. Premier League but yeah. in reality the fact that you want back to back championships with the U- with Louisville City is like one of the biggest accomplishments here domestically and then the fact that you're now in the MLS is just like the path that you're taking is a path that a lot of kids need to understand that that's yeah. more realistic yeah.
1: Dude we were talking to John Bush who's an MLS legend and he started out in the USL Yeah, and, and he said that when he talked to his goalkeeper coach Eric Botter at the time, the guy said to him, he said, he's like, you're not ready for the MLS. He's like, you need to play in the USL. Yeah. And it'll come to you if you keep put, putting the work in and you show people that you are of the level, you'll mm-hmm. get there. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because we wanted to show kind of like, this is kind of the sequel, like the part two, because we had you on when you were in the USL and we wanted to show, look how quickly things can happen for you if you just... Yeah grind at it man and then like you know next year starter you know next year uh, year after that all star. next year after that you know just at the big time you're probably playing at real madrid i mean <laughs> i don't know i don't want to say it to orlando you know i'm sure i don't but it's the process keep that yeah. transfer fee everyone you know? has their yeah. own process you yeah. just
2: got to understand that there's different paths to where you want to get and yeah. you just have to understand that if you're on this path just to keep going to understand that you know you will reach your end goal everyone has a different way of getting there yeah it's awesome man yeah um all right let's We should probably let him get to the training session. Yeah, We've been talking about how great your work ethic is, and you're going to be late because you're talking to
1: us idiots. Uh, We're going to head out there to the training session anyway. Well, We'll be showing that to you guys. Probably I'll be up on YouTube, I'm guessing.
0: In the next week or so, yeah. Probably in the next week or so.
1: Um, All right, guys. That's all the time on Inside the 18 that we got today. Remember, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have questions, listener questions, or if you have a topic suggestion or a guest that you'd like to see on the air. Like If you'd like to see Greg again, just say, hey, we want to see Greg again. We'll have to fly back to Orlando <laughs> to have Greg back on. So, part three next year when he's the number one, that's how we're going to have to do this, Alright yeah, right, guys, we're out. Later. Thank you.